Hi y'all, welcome back to the Search for Pink podcast. I usually record these intros before the interview, and I did that. And then there was a problem with saving it, and very luckily I save the recording of my interview with multiple in multiple locations, so we're all good. I'm trying to remember. I just like to record it before because I think it's interesting I don't know, to like hear how you think it's going to go, then listen to it back, and then see. So anyways, I already know how it's going to go, but you guys don't. Today we're talking to Kiana Upton. She is the founder of Nourish in Black. That's her Instagram account. I'm going to be tagging all of this. So this is what she's written on her GoFundMe page. Um, this is just an excerpt. She does such a great job. Um summing it all up. Um, I'm just reading this tiny bit about her. I have firsthand experience with food injustice, spending part of my childhood in a food insecure neighborhood in South Florida. In 2013, I launched an art and retail business that evoked to include a food justice-based event initiative, Nourish in Black. This initiative highlights Atlanta's food justice organizations in the farm community. Using the artistry of floral and interior design, I began to create dinner parties and brunches under my brand, featuring panel-based dialogue surrounding art, gentrification, food sovereignty, and justice issues. Artful healing through nourishment is central to every event I've created. During quarantine, she began the journey, I guess you could say, um, for Nourish Botanica, which is going to be Atlanta's first greenhouse eatery um she began her I mean honestly it's so interesting listening to the interview she's been moving towards this her entire life cultivating these different skills yeah I found her through Instagram some people had been sharing it and I checked it out and reaching I don't know I put off reaching out to her for a while I was afraid I wasn't going to be able to do it justice and then before I reached out, I was like, you know what? This is an important story. And she's done a lot of writing on her GoFundMe about the journey. Um, there have been a lot of issues with documentation. Get, I almost said getting the rights. Um, that's like a art thing. Um, getting it put together. And then we also talk about um, how another restaurant in Atlanta has stolen their concept their idea they say they've owned up to it and then it didn't happen and I was like whoa got some drama going on it is really interesting I'm really pr- pr- proud I'm not proud as in like look at me I just it was a really cool conversation and it wouldn't have been possible without her being so open Um, So if you're listening back, thank you so much for this. And I'm just excited for this story to all, I love audio, guys. I listen to about (laughs) three to four hours of podcasts a day just because I live on my own and my cat doesn't talk back. And I love hearing stories. And she just puts it together so beautifully. Make sure you're following along. Make a donation. Um, I love you guys. I am going to do a great job. I know this because she does a great job and there's no way um, I couldn't have, honestly, with how just gorgeous this talk was. Hi. Hi. Hi, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. There we go. 
And now Hi. I can see you. Amazing. How are you? I'm really good. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. I'm sorry about the Zoom link thing. No, it's okay. I'm not going to, you're not going to use my face, right? Just my voice, no. right? No. Okay. I, thought- <laughs> I was hoping. I was like, wait a minute. I did not get fixed up. No, I thought there was like one person who was like, are you going to use my face? And I was like, yeah, let's do that. And she was like, oh no. And then I was like, let's never let's just never do that yeah so no um how's your day going what's up my day's going really good I had um I just ate this I I use leftover tostones and um yuca to make this soup Uh uh-huh I just ate it and it was great and now I'm eating a Kit Kat oh I'm so jealous so that's my day everything is about about me makes me happy as food yeah. Well, that's, that's perfect for you. I just eat a lot of breakfast tacos. Mm. I, I'm a really boring person and I could eat like <laughs> the same meal every, and I would like still get excited. I'm like, well, I breakfast tacos. What's I'm your a, sign? I'm a cancer. Okay. That tells me nothing. Oh, okay. about breakfast tacos. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, I, I, you might get it out of me later. I cry like really easily. Okay. And, um, I, I don't, yeah. What are My you? I'm a Leo. Okay. Oh, so strangely, um, the past three years I've been crying pretty easily too, but I do not know who I, I mean, I'm used to it now. It's been three years, but yeah. at first I was like, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> it's like emotion. What is this happening? This. I mean, my, my, uh, comfort at the time before I, I guess I was healing my emotions Uh that was more familiar was anger you know Mm. than sadness or like whatever you know I would just be like yeah yeah so do you think it's um sorry bt dubs I I am I hop all over the place so okay I'm sorry you might hold on one second I need to get I'm so sorry I I need to get more water do it we kind of just jumped right in hold on no you're (laughs) do it I can tell this is gonna be good okay sorry no you're fine I once had to pee really bad during one of these and I can, if I listen back to it when I was editing it, I could tell the moment where I was like, I like kind of, I was, and then it was with a friend and by the end she was like, why didn't you go pee? And I was like, I don't know. So no, I appreciate, I appreciate it. Um, Okay. So you were talking about accessing anger more quickly than sadness Mm -hmm. and then it kind of changed in the last three years Mm -hmm. what Mm -hmm. what happened um my father passed away okay i inherited actually well you you can see i inherited these plants oh Uh, wow (laughs) and some more Uh uh-huh that's kind of when i brought them actually my he was living in tennessee Mm. and when i brought them to atlanta my roommate was like because i had already we're all over the place i had already wanted to open a business a physical space um Mm. that was going to include a restaurant and my friend my roommate was the one that was like you should do like plants and and your restaurant too and Mm -hmm. i was like oh i love it it." opened up the whole world for me Mm -hmm. so yeah once he passed away it helped my heart just kind of like was this like ouch yeah and it kind of i'm sure it like helped put things into perspective a little bit too Mm -hmm. yeah so, okay. So I was reading, um, your 
beautiful summary on GoFundMe. You're, a, did you write that? You're a very good I writer. Did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank did, you. I had, I, to be transparent, I wrote it and then I had like two friends edit it and like move it around. Well, especially <laughs> cause it's something that you're so passionate about that. Like there might be details where they were like, that's nice, but like that doesn't help a person kind of right. see it and everything. Okay. So I was reading your description and it's a part of the intro. Um, but in, you were talking about in 2013, you were based in Florida. Where does the beginning of the Nourish Botanica kind of start? Cause you no. wanted to start a restaurant. Was that around that time in 2013? No, um, I, I, I'm from the Virgin Islands by okay. way of the projects in South Florida. Okay. I, um, I lived there when I was 13 years old. Maybe that's where the 13 is coming. So I lived there from the time I was when I, from I was like 10 to the time I was 13, mm-hmm. which is a food insecure community. I graduated college in South Florida in 2004. I moved to Atlanta in 2007. Mm-hmm. So I was in Atlanta um, from 2007. In 2013 is when I started doing dinners. Well, before, before I started doing the dinners, how I even started doing dinners was I, I had that background of living from the lived experience mm-hmm. of being in a food insecure neighborhood, but I didn't have verbiage or language to identify. You don't really, I mean, I'm really thankful for this past generation because they kind of have given us so much, so much words to, mm. un- to, to understand so much just trauma in general, but mm-hmm. as it pertains specifically to food access, I didn't even know that that was a thing. I didn't know food insecurity was a thing. I didn't know that what was going on was wrong. I didn't know any of those things. I lived yeah. in it. Yeah. You know? Can you, so, can uh, you just, sorry, can you describe yeah. that? Um, because I've like heard, like, you know, I'm familiar with it, sure. but could you give your definition? Of uh, Well, th- there's so many. So food access is just literally being able to have, um, access to healthy food within two miles from where you are, mm-hmm. um, he- healthy, fresh food, like groceries, how many groceries are in your, like your, your two mile, two to three mile tract between your home and however, how, how far it, or how hard is it to get to, um, healthy food as opposed to, um, McDonald's mm-hmm. Popeye's and whatever, and dependent upon that access, they qualify you as our, at your neighborhood as being, um, food insecure, mm-hmm. um, which means you have little to no access to any healthy food at all. Um, a food swamp, which means you have access to t- food that's not really good for you, which is like the McDonald's and stuff like that. Um, and then food justice is the is the attempt to right those wrongs, mm. but that and make it something that you you have ownership in that you get to to determine you as, as a, as a black person, as whoever in the, or whoever in the community, whatever your race may be in that community, you get to self-determine how you, what food you eat. Um, mm-hmm. Because a lot of the decisions are not made on a, on a, on a very small micro level. They're made by other people who just determine what you, what you should eat, how much it should cost, mm-hmm. what food's going to be, even up down to what's food's going to be on your shelves at Kroger. Like you could go to a Kroger in one part of the town it has everything in the other part of the town you don't even have tahini. I mm. like tahini. Yeah. <laughs> That's such a good point because there is a difference. Something I haven't thought about, but yeah, even like, because I'm like, well, surely there's a grocery store somewhere, but like by demand maybe isn't even the right word, but like Kroger is deciding like, okay, this is going to sell somewhere. Mm-hmm. And this, I love... Well, not love, but like the word food swamp Im- immediately 
create such an image because that's a place, it's a very specific environment. And it makes me think of like mud or something sticky Mm -hmm. that you can't get out of. And it's almost like, like you're getting sucked in and you almost need someone. I think I'm like thinking of like Scooby-Doo, like a cartoon (laughs) where you like need a branch of someone to help you out of that, because I feel like you can't create it all the time on your own in the swamp. Um, well you, and you can, Mm -hmm. because the problem is that the swamp wasn't created by you. So you need the swamp creators to take their swamp crap out. Right. Yeah. And this, and not to use that same analogy, just in the realistic terms of it, like we didn't ask for that crap to be in, in, in your neighborhood. You don't ask for liquor stores to be in your neighborhood, you know, um, because we could, everyone has the ability to grow and, and, um, their own food Mm -hmm. and cook their own food. It's a matter of options and what options are presented to you Mm -hmm. for generations, you know? Um, so I, I lived that. And then when I moved to, when I started working with farmers and working in art, culture and art, this was in 2013, 2014. um, I also began to do like dinners, having these kind of conversations, not just so that everyone else could learn, but so that I could learn too. Meaning I was hosting the dinners, hosting these conversations, but I was bringing in people who were already doing the work in food justice, already doing the organizing. Mm-hmm. I remember the very first food justice dinner I did is when I learned that that term food swamp. And they were like, does anybody know what this term is? And, I, and everyone was kind of shy and I'm the host. I was like, no, I don't know what it is. <laughs> Just teach me. Mm. Um, so I don't know, even know if that answered the question. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, no, I think like, I was like, I think this is what it was. And you were like, mm. No. Uh, (laughs) So I I don't think it needed an answer. So those skills that you're talking about for hosting a dinner are very like, like, are, were you making the food and Um, planning every, like, those are really specific skills. Um, did, when did you start learning them? Were you into cooking even in South Florida? These are good questions. Cause I never thought about that, that part of it, like the, the, this hosting aspect of it. Mm. Um, my mother is I'm Caribbean, like I said, mm-hmm. so we lived in the projects. She could make anything out of anything. <laughs> and she is one of the best cooks that I have ever to this day ever tasted. Uh-huh. We don't eat the same, um, anymore. Cause I grew up, you know, and I learned about stuff. And so she's still eating what we call sauce, which is pig feet. <laughs> okay. Okay. No back to the pig feet, but um she is she's the best cook I ever met I I wasn't much I I am a great cook Mm -hmm. but that wasn't the skill set that initially drew me to this work it Mm -hmm. was I went to school for advertising for marketing um I'm very uh I'm talkative (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I can I talk to like people everywhere I go I can talk to anybody and I bring people together so it was more the skills from hosting. I just, it was sort of natural. And it was mm-hmm. also just, it's the Caribbean way. We're very, um, we do parties for everything. Mm-hmm. I grew up, I grew up in South Florida and in the Virgin Islands. So I got to be around, you know, car, my aunts were in the carnival committees. Okay. We, 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 we literally did a party for everything. Um, uh-huh. and, and we had always had some sort of Thanksgiving dinner, Christmas dinner, whatever dinner at our, at our home. Mm. Um, so I think just hosting came from that. It's really, um, I don't even know the word for it, but it's an, it's, it's esteemed in the Virgin Islands to be welcoming, Mm -hmm. um, to be, to be a welcoming energy. And so 
that's that's something that like you have to say good morning good afternoon good evening when you walk into a room you can't mm-hmm. just say hello you have to be mm-hmm. like good morning you have to make people feel like like there's someone and so I think that that's just it was just instilled in me um and then when I went to school for marketing and, and all that stuff I saw like the you know I started to see the ways in which um that's 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 a marketable skill you know it is yeah <laughs> yeah and, and um when I was encountering you know a lot of farmers because what happened was I I would just go to the farmer's market because I liked it Mm-hmm. Um, and I had already started another business called Arbitrary Living, which was like retail, experimental art, mm-hmm. um, sculptural stuff, just stuff. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, um, vintage housewares. And I would, I would do these markets and pop-up markets and all this stuff. Yeah. But then I took that stuff and I started like displaying them at the dinners. Mm. Um, but I had, when I was going to the farmer's markets and getting to know these farmers and all this stuff, I, I began to realize that they didn't. They didn't know the art community and the art community didn't know them mm-hmm. and farmers don't have any time to do marketing or any of that kind of stuff. So I started, mm-hmm. I started the dinners as a way to kind of bridge those worlds and to expand their, their footprint, the farmers and the, and the food justice organizers outside of the food world. Cause it's kind of, it's kind of small. It can be kind of mm-hmm. small. It's the same people I've been, I've been doing this like I, since 2013. So you'll pretty much see the same people at every event. Um, like, you know, the same people doing the same thing. So I wanted to kind of bring more fresh blood into it. And mm-hmm. yeah. So with doing that, like you are kind of, you're meeting people constantly. You said like you can walk into a room and that is such a marketable skill of like, you know, like you want the person to feel important, but like that only really works if you truly do think that that person is important, unless you're just an amazing actor and like good for you but um but like it really does often come from a place of like you do think this person has value um putting yourself out there because I like people but the idea of I've never hosted a birthday party um that like like for myself I've never like had a birthday party I like, even at the age of five, mom was like, who do you want to come? And I was like, no one can it just be a family? Um, because I had this thing where like working on it in therapy, I'm like, no one will come. No one will come. No one likes me. Um, but did you ever get nervous? Like, are people actually gonna be interested or was it, you know, um, I was very similar last year when I did that GoFundMe was the first time that I put my face as the front of anything mm. because if you if you look at it and think about it these dinners are not for me this it's not like kiana upton presents <laughs> kiana upton no it's like um collective impact mm-hmm. uh dinner number two featuring gangsters to growers mm-hmm. with their face on it i run the show in the background i am a background person um so I would be more nervous about whether we're going to sell tickets because these are fun. These were fundraiser dinners mm-hmm. um, that, and whether the food's going to be done on time and if it's going to come out hot mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and if it's going to be enough or if it's going to be too much. And now we have, you know, too much food to, we have to figure out where to donate it to mm-hmm. then worry about like putting my face on stuff. Cause I didn't, my face wasn't on anything. But were you the person to say like, Hey, the like gangsters to growers, you should I want to highlight you and now I'm going to bring in someone from the art community like was it you connecting all the people 
Sure. So okay. yeah, I think on a small for me that's that's that part's fun. Yeah. And yeah. um this is fun. Engaging one-on-one mm-hmm. -on -one conversationally. Um and, and to be honest, at this point, all of it's fun. But at yeah. that time, I was definitely afraid of the the the, the being on the forefront. But those kind of setting up stuff, that's fun mm -hmm. for me. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. That's awesome. I, I often feel like this was the podcast. One of the reasons I wanted to is for one, I'm nosy and I like to, <laughs> but also I think like getting to highlight other people because mm -hmm. sometimes I'm like, I, and I kind of blab and I'm all over the place, but like, I, I think you're interesting. And I think mm -hmm. the person I have on the podcast last week I think they're interesting you know and so I can put I don't feel as insecure about like being like this one person is so cool you should hear about them yeah. um yeah I love that so when did it trans transition into being like now I want to build this yeah permanent thing when did that happen um I always wanted to do a physical space I think that um the concept of home and sanctuary has always been extremely important to me because of like the, in some ways, tumultuous way I grew up, like living in the projects and then going back to the Virgin Islands. It's starkly different. It is a, it's a whole culture shock. Mm. Um, but also um, I wanted my own. I, I, I just really wanted independence. Mm -hmm. uh, and I really just always wanted to create that own physical, like birth that physical manifestation of a space. Yeah. Um, what that looked like. I didn't know what it was gonna, it kept changing. I, at first, I just wanted a little old vintage shop. I remember I used to, I don't know how long you've been in Atlanta, but on, on Ponds, Ponds used to, but it still does, but I don't know. There's a couple little cute little vintage shops, vintage mm -hmm. houseware shops that have been there forever. I don't know how he does it, okay? Yeah. Uh, because he, there's, he must own that land because it's just dusty. Uh, sorry, <laughs> the painting couch, sorry. It's a little dusty. I like, I love it, but it's dusty. Yeah. And yeah. Um, that's what I wanted. I just wanted a little, little vintage shop, but um, the year before last, so 2019, mm -hmm. um, a really good friend of mine who has helped me tremendously in the background to stay grounded in a lot of ways, um, uh, she had a vintage shop that went out of business. And I was like, I, I wanted to do my vintage shop and my food. Mm -hmm. And that was it. And, some, and at, at that point, I don't think I was thinking about plants. Mm -hmm. but she was like you need to flip that you need to do it the other way around do the do the do the food and then let the food pay for the vintage and I was like that's that's kind of brilliant but yeah. no it's not what I want to do it's gonna <laughs> be fine <laughs> yeah and then when I pulled the plants in and then I just ran the numbers and looked at it just from a just taking the personal out of it and just mm -hmm. looking at it from as a business it's a business mm -hmm. um the food was kicking everything's butt. The food kicked the, the retail sides, but like mm -hmm. the year after it's three, you know, all those years, it, it, it slowly phased out the vintage. I couldn't even, I didn't even have time to do the vintage stuff because I started getting all these, you know, contracts for, um, once I started to continue to do my dinners, the small dinners that I did, I got other organizations began to hire me to help them with their larger dinners. Mm. Um, and it just was so much, it was, it just made sense. So um, I did not appreciate <laughs> spirit guiding me to open a restaurant. I was not with it. I was not, I did not want to do that at all. Restaurants are, fail. I don't want to yeah. fail. I don't, I don't have, I don't have a cushion. 
And so I was fighting it with everything in me. And then spirit was just like, you better do it. (laughs) (laughs) Do it. And I was like, okay, fine. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. So (laughs) I've been, um, so I, it's, it's annoying, but I was in Atlanta, moved back home, got this apartment, came back. And before then I was working at a coffee shop. I don't know if you've heard of them, but hodgepodge, hodgepodge coffee. Yeah. They're really, they're really sweet. Um, and I had been looking for some marketing jobs for like four months. It hasn't been working out. And then I reached out to them and I was like, Hey, do you need, do you need some help back at the store? And they were like, yes. Want to start in a week? And I kind of, and I, and they're so nice. And I'm like, I am genuinely excited to go back, but I was trying to do something else and it wasn't happening. And it's kind of like the same thing. It's like, well, instead of being mad that this other thing wasn't working, yep. like how grateful are you that you have a job with really nice people, you yeah. know? So, and it's, exactly. it's, you take advantage of what is right in front of you. And it also is. so many people want to open a restaurant you know, and, and it, yeah, and it doesn't work out for them, but, <laughs> but it was already work like what you were growing exactly. naturally mm-hmm. isn't something that a lot of people can do. And vintage is hard. Um, it, it was, I was there when her business failed and it, it, it failed for a lot of reasons, um, based on that, that made us really strongly consider, buying land i mean i didn't want i didn't want to do that either i didn't want to do none of this i wanted to do what i wanted to do none mm-hmm. of the stuff that you see now it's all the things that, that the what we are now the nurse botanica this iteration of it is is a lot more challenging mm-hmm. there's tons of easier ways i could have done to went to go about this faster and easier and um i would have been out of business in two years yeah i would have been done um this way is longer and it protects me and it's what the people want Mm-hmm. And I love it. You know, I, I, I truly love cooking. I love food. I love being around people. I'm just fearful of, I was fearful of the failure. Like, yeah, I don't, I've never ran a restaurant before. It's so, so out of my scope. Yeah. Yeah. So who, who are like the, the team, the people that are, you're building around you? I would love this. to talk about my team. Yeah. I have, I'm really excited. I have been really blessed to be, to have, um, a strategic consultants, Mm-hmm. consulting from um jamie england cooper she runs kiwi kid co it's a uh, she's an interior designer mm-hmm. um and she's going to act as our lead interior designer on this project um as well as just my she's my best friend <laughs> and she has she's the one who you know her business was a, a model for us of what not to do and what to do and how to deal with uh the greedy capitalist system so um then we have karen grossman who is also mm-hmm. an, an interior designer who's excellent i took her class at a continuing education um i took at scad mm-hmm. um years ago and i just always looked up to her and she's been such a mentor to me mm-hmm. um over these years and then we have um martin rickles studio they're going to be our architects um jennifer martin is from formerly of square feet studio who has designed like every fabulous restaurant in Atlanta, <laughs> uh, including um, Recess and, mm-hmm. and Croc Sheet Market. It, was just, it looked so good. Meredith Ann White did the art in there. So they're going to be our architects on this project. These are, and I just want you to know that all these people are pro bono. They're, these are people who are offering me reparations. What, yes. Why? <laughs> no, I mean, um, you're amazing and they're amazing, but yes. like, why? 
because of the project, um, I, the only way I could think of how I keep getting blessed in this way is because I answered the call. Spirit told me to do it. And I did it. Mm-hmm. I asked, I went out to the public and I said, Hey, um, you know, I've been building this stuff for seven years. I've never asked for help. Um, in fact, all of the dinners I have ever done that have been fundraisers have been fundraisers for other people. I had just came off of doing a fundraiser for, um, the protests to feed the people at the protests. Mm-hmm. Um, and the energy of that, I believe just spoke to people. Mm-hmm. Um, they wanted to, it was in the midst of the, you know, just to be fully transparent, it was in the midst of the Black Lives Matter protests mm-hmm. where people were really listening to us last summer and um, people wanted to help. And so mm-hmm. Jamie and Karen, I knew them. Um, Jennifer Martin and Carly Rickles, I asked, I sought them out. I asked them, they were following me, but I didn't know them. And then I have two landscape designers um sustenance design and shades of green permaculture mm-hmm. that also just reached out to me they 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 asked me they they offered they made the offering to me um and i think it, it's just because it's because it's, it's supposed to happen you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and also this is going to be um a really iconic space in atlanta i don't you know mm-hmm. it's going to be a beacon for um social justice for conversation around food Mm-hmm. Um, but, but social justice, food justice, economic justice. And I think that, um, these women, they're mostly, I have a woman, all women team. Mm-hmm. Uh, they want to be part of that. You know, mm-hmm. they want to be part of that. They believe in it and they want to be part of it. I, I would, I would want to be part of it too. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. How is it going to do that? Um, you know, well, I've, I've been, so Nourish Botanica is, is the physical space. It's going to be a for-profit greenhouse eatery, uh, serving, you know, just plant-based Caribbean and Southern casual food, um, breakfast and brunch, mm-hmm. break for lunch, no lunch, and then like dinner. We're also going to have plants and we're going to have a sober bar. I'm sober. So it's going to be like a sober bar serving like smoothies, teas, mm-hmm. juices, um, all with the concept of food as medicine. You know, we're going to mm-hmm. try to grow as much herbs and flowers as possible on site. So we could use herbs and edible flowers in our food and in our, in our beverages. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're also going to double as the physical space to continue the work that I've already done with Nourish in Black. Yeah. Um, and Nourish in Black has been a place where we amplify, you know, not intentionally, but we have centered and amplified Black women. Um, and when I say it wasn't intentional, it's because it wasn't. When I was seeking out those who were doing the work in food justice and ha- having, I wanted to present those conversations in dinner, over dinner, ticket to dinners that we've been doing for the past seven years. It just happened that 98% of those people were black women mm-hmm. doing, doing, having the, you know, that were, that were feeding and f- figuring, figuring out how to feed their communities. Um, and so we want to, I'm going to continue to do that by just doing what, we, what we've always done, gathering yeah. people together to story tell over food. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And the reason I was asking that is just like, there's the restaurant portion of it, which like, it sounds gorgeous and exciting. And I like totally want to eat there, but it's just like how it translates into that mission, you know? Um, But like the fact that it's founded on these events, it's founded on you and your passions. And then also these amazing women who are like, it's literally going to be the bedrock of this. That's true. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Saying stuff out loud helps me. So thank you. (laughs) Cause it is like women, 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 just like, yeah. we are literally the, sh- 
like we're great. I, I don't want to, I almost yeah. cursed, but yes. No, I mean, you can say whatever you want. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like, I mean, this is on like a way smaller scale, but I've noticed like, I'm mostly watching female filmmakers. Mm. I'm mostly reading books by women. And that isn't even me being like, blah, feminism. Right. No, it's just like, in general, I'm like, I want to read this book. Oh, wait, the last like 10 books I've read haven't been by a male author, which I love some male authors. You right. Know? So That's like, no, hey, it, it's just what I have gravitated towards without meaning to, you know, and I think it's really amazing that uh, it's the, I mean, it's the I mean, rise of the defined feminine. Mm, I really believe that. I really believe yeah. that it's just, it's just the, where we are. Like, it's like, finally, the mother earth is just like, all right. <laughs> and she sent out this call and all the women or folks who identify as women were like, Hey, what's that? I think we should grow some food last year. Yeah. Everybody I knew everybody. I didn't even know these people. We were just on, on the internet. Like, look what I grew. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're on a lake, you know, yeah. like, and then it's amazing because it could have been an idea from you, but it really is because everyone is coming together because I think like they've all been looking to build something like this. They just yes. didn't even know they they did. Exactly. Which is amazing. So how has it been? Um, you got this idea. You have this amazing team. Yeah. And then, um, yeah. It's been, okay. It's it's at first, the first, um, so I launched July 17th, 84 days later, I had $65,000 mm -hmm. by the end of the year, December, 2020, I had like $75,000. That is great. Yeah. So I'm super excited. Um, so of course, at first it was like humbling. I was crying all the time. And I'm like, I can't believe this is happening and I'm ready to go shopping. I'm going to mm -hmm. go buy some land today. Like what can yeah. we do? Land was like, I'm going to go up and set it down. Yeah. So that's landed. Mm -hmm. um and so uh, over the past three months almost and not even three months geez time is it's like flying not it's only march second yeah. so that's good um past two months i've just been um working on a, a better budget a more realistic budget um mm -hmm. because i most likely will have to seek outside help meaning um a debt Mm -hmm. uh, attaining debt. I didn't want to, I don't want to, <laughs> um, but I most likely will have to come up with some sort of financial portfolio, meaning it won't be just hundred percent owned by Kiana. Mm. Uh, I most likely will, you know, get some investors. Um, these are, these are things I didn't consider the, their challenges um, just in, because they are, and then just emotionally um, their challenges. So emotionally it's been a whirlwind. I can't front, like it's been not mm -hmm. the greatest whirlwind this past two months yeah um, when the and part of it is because when I asked for the 65 um the number came from me and my realtor talking and her saying hey I think that you could buy two residential lots um and get them rezoned commercial mm -hmm. and then as I got the money in my account and started doing more research I'm afraid I'm afraid to spend that money on a residential property and then what if they don't rezone it there's no guarantee mm -hmm. you know but then the alternative is buying a commercial piece of property and the minimum is like $300,000 for a little, old, not even a half acre. Mm -hmm. So it's like, do I take the risk on getting, go ahead and doing the residential mm -hmm. 
or do I do it and just go ahead and get the commercial and get some partners? Because whether, even if I get the land, right, let's get the land. That's just that. I still got to build the greenhouse and build yeah. the, <laughs> you know, yeah. get the kitchen and all the other stuff. So um, it's been emotional, but you know, I, I did my budget and I know what I, I know what I need. It's the number that I need is astounding. It's yeah. so astounding that it's like, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but I'm not going to, I mean, people have given me this much money. I'm not, we're going to do this. We're going to yeah. do it. I'm going to do it. What I'm going to do is face it in. So most likely what I'll have to do is get the, go ahead and get the land and get the rest, get the food going as soon as possible. So I can start getting some, some profit, some revenue, mm-hmm. um, revenue in, and then taking that and funding the, you know, the plant shop and then mm-hmm. taking that and funding, getting the, the green space built out in the back where we'll have the stage for more um, events and conversations. So, mm-hmm. so um, oh, I just, no, I remembered. Um, <laughs> what is the area of Atlanta you're wanting to do this in? Initially, I wanted South Atlanta because it's wise. Um, wise and meaning I'm needed there. We need, because we've seen what happened on the East Side Trail with the Beltline. Mm-hmm. The, the, the Beltline is expanding to the South Side Trail. Um, and in order to just slow down the black people leaving the neighborhood, because that's what's going to happen. Yeah. Not just because they're going to get priced out, but because they don't feel culturally comfortable anymore. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be in there. I wanted to, I wanted to just be in that gap, you know, that mm-hmm. space to make people feel like, you know, this is not just for one kind of person. It's for you. It's for you. This is your home still too. Mm-hmm. Um, but also um, from a financial perspective, it's just smart business because that yeah. property value is going to go up. Yeah. No. So I used to live in Pittsburgh mm-hmm. and um, oh. yeah, my friend that lived there though, yeah. she, um, she said like, within like a few years, the, the price of that house is going to like quadruple if not more. Yeah. I would love to be in Pittsburgh, but Pittsburgh Mm -hmm. is gone. Mm -hmm. But like when she bought it like two ish years ago, um, and she also got some grants and stuff. Like she worked really hard to figure it out financially. So like, that's amazing. But, um, but like, even since then, I think she told me like within a year, she's like, yeah, it's doubled. Um, yeah, no, I mean, it's awesome, but like, yes, the people in that community are most likely not going to be able to afford the rent anymore. Like, I feel like every single month I was seeing houses get flipped, um, and people being like bought out of the places they used to be able to rent and stuff. Yeah. You know, it's a very greed. It's people are, I mean, it's, I'm not here to judge. Um, it's, I mean, I think two, three years ago when I was in the mid five years ago, in the midst of really having these conversations and arguing, mm-hmm. um, I was, I was a lot more passionate. I'm not, I'm not dispassionate, mm-hmm. but I am also like, it is what it is. It's, this is what, what it is. Mm-hmm. Where do I, what do I do? Like, I'm not going to sit here and be like, this person is a bad person. It's a system. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah and also it's hard because people don't just sit there and they're not like mwahahaha i'm a bad guy you know yeah. like because i think like that's what you know that's what that's like what we think about it from like movies we grew up with as little kids yeah there's just a bad guy and they like we're all black you know and are scared <laughs> they're like come into the darkness but like that's not everybody thinks they're doing the right 
they're doing the best for themselves and their family and their life based on what we have. Yeah. Now that's just true. I know people who, okay, my, I, I can't stay in the nonprofit system. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't love it. I think it's, I think charity is inherently racist. I know a ton of wonderful people who work at nonprofits. They are great people. They believe in what they're doing. That has nothing to do with the nonprofit and the system necessarily. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't think that they're bad guys just because they're doing something that they love and they think that they're doing the right thing. Yeah. I do feel like we do need to start having deeper conversations. Um, I'm just not in the place to just be like judging. I'm just not. Yeah. Can you elaborate on your thoughts about the nonprofit? I mean, I just think it's racist. I think that the mm-hmm. fact, I think it's laughable mm-hmm. that, um, that a, you could, you could, you, a country and a government extorts resources, all mm-hmm. of it, and then doles it back out to the poor people that they, they that they made poor, mm-hmm. um, and then they make it into the system where it's like you get tax benefits from doing it, mm-hmm. and so it's the same rich people who stole it, mm-hmm. giving it to the people who they stole it from, and we should be like, yay, let's do it, and yeah. then they're. Um, we should be happy for it. We, cause I'm black. Cause mostly they always use us as images. Like, Oh, we're the poor ones. Like, mm. so, um, and then, uh, even the, the, like, if you look at how bloated a lot of the comp, the organizations, like the structures of them are, mm-hmm. um, how it trickles down to where does it, where is it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> where does the money go? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, yes, I believe that charity in that sense without, um, empowerment and access to resources such as education and, Mm -hmm. um, information and of how to, to sustain Mm -hmm. is just meant to be a, to to meant to, it's meant for people to waste it. Mm. So, Mm. yeah. Um, yeah, no, I mean, that makes complete sense. I remember I worked for, um, I don't remember if it was profit or nonprofit. Anyways, it's a major theater in Chicago. And um, we would have these really, really fancy parties for very influential people. And apparently like a lot of shady deals in politics would happen at these like wine and dines. And actually like wow. that's them like secretly like planning corruption and whatever. And like the mayor would come. Anyways, it was, it that's was wild. Yeah. But, <laughs> Not yeah. surprising. Yo, I know it was just, it was really interesting um, because that's where they would meet is they were like, oh, we're benefactors of this theater. Look at us. Yeah. Um, and I do love the theater though. It's no hate against them, but it's right. actually like those deals happen at like, they donate to the opera, they go to the opera. And then that's where those deals would happen. And then they're like, okay, we've support this museum. I'm going to the opening of the, this museum that night and they're all dressed up and then that's where that kind of stuff happens and someone told me they were like these people donate millions and And i'm like it doesn't where it goes it's like the same i just got off i had a call earlier today and talking about this and i'm sorry to cut you off but please um there are so many little nonprofits that are like help (laughs) we need help like that that they just don't get this money. It's always the same big old, biz, uh, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not going to call anyone out. The same big old organizations that get money all the time from the huge, the hugest funder in Atlanta. I'm going to say that. I'm just not going to say, because honestly, part of it is, you know, um, we need, we, I want them. 
they we need the reparations. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to say I don't, I do I do not like charity and I do not like nonprofits. Am I going to say no to their checks? Absolutely not. No. Yeah. Why do you think And I mean, we don't need to go into details about like who's who and whatever, but why do you think it keeps going into like, I think it's because of what, what you said. I think it's because of it's just, it's not the average person isn't just out here like, yeah, but there's like 10 people (laughs) that are, yeah. And they run a lot of stuff Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. a lot of it has to do with, um, you know, those, those close tight peer friendships. And, um, I just, I, someone told me a while ago and I was looking for funding for my, for my, for the art experimental art business that I had, it was called arbitrary living mm-hmm. to look at the money train or where the money comes from. And if you look, start looking at it, it comes from like five organizations here in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, they just end up just donating to the they're siphoning their money into the same things over and over, unless something happens like last year where the community and white people is specifically mm-hmm. call them out. Mm-hmm. Cause we could just, we'll be over here like, no, nah, this is wrong. But unless y'all do it, then it's just like, they always complaining. <laughs> <You know? laughs> here they go again. <laughs> like, no, but, I mean, I'm not laughing cause it's funny, it's funny, but like, but like, yeah, that is kind of the implication. And it's like, it's so sad. But like last year, I feel like there were so many people that were white where they were like, wait, I think I'm a little racist. Like, oh my God, <laughs> ah! you know, and for years, um, because it's like, I mean, I was raised in a small white community in West Tennessee, you know, and so much of how I was raised, I just you know, you're raised by, and I mean, I I have very nice parents, but I'm still saying like, all you're doing is just soaking up your environment and you don't know any, just like what you were saying with, um, how you were raised in a, um, the food, sorry, just insecure community. You didn't know any different, you know, I didn't even know it was called that. I didn't know. I thought it was, this was normal. You're like, yeah, this is, this is my life, (laughs) you know? And so it's, it's, yeah, it makes sense. I have a friend, she's a potter and she's black. And so I commission, I love commissioning things. I just <laughs> I love being like, you're talented, but I wanted to have polka dots. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so I, I commissioned like um, a mug from her. Cause that's a lot what she does. And I was like, how's business doing? She's like, well, it's going better. Cause the black lives matter thing is, is getting bigger. And I was you know, and it is kind of that little bit of like, that's awesome that business is going better, but it's like, I wish this wasn't like, I wish I wouldn't have needed this like publicity or, you know, whatever. I'm thankful for it. I I, I am concerned for, I mean, it's, it's dwindled to a complete stop. Yeah. Um, it's so strange, man. Like how people just you gotta ha- hit the right hot button because mm. I'm I'm sure you saw the Lady Bird stuff. Yeah, I didn't know if you wanted to talk about that or not. I'll talk. I'm an open book, but I, I mentioned it really briefly just to say between the Black Lives Matter thing and it going down because after the first week I launched my fundraiser, I, I raised like fifteen thousand dollars that first week. After that, it was it was like pulling teeth. Yeah, and um, 
because everybody was just like, well, you know, Black Lives Matter, Black girls trying to buy land, wonderful. They're like, okay, next thing. <laughs> Until the ladybird thing happened and the people were like, no, mm. she said she wanted to buy land. They remembered me again. Yeah. But I do have some concerns because I, I am going to come back in, in, a, in about a month and um, restart the fundraiser. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm concerned. I'm like, are people going to hear me? You know, are I'm, how are help help me? Are they going to care? You know, mm-hmm. or is it just a trend? You know, I don't know. Yeah. And so what does that look like restarting the fundraiser? Well, I um I am like I said, since my father passed away, I'm a lot more emotional. So mm-hmm. I allow that. I'm allow that space. And so I'm allowing myself that space. I have allowed that myself that space for the past couple of weeks. And today and yesterday I started writing like an open letter, mm. which was sort of like a way to just gather my thoughts, but not from my mind, from my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and put it on paper to share it with, with my, the people who donated. Mm-hmm. There's 1,100 people on there who give a damn. And I want y'all to know what's going on and how I feel and, how, you know, all my fears and oh, what's next. And um, between now and then, I also really need to get some media. I need to get some, like, major, hello, CNN. Some, like, CNN, listen publicity. to this podcast, CNN. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean... I mean, this isn't, I, I can't really promise you anything big from this. Listen, you never know. I'm putting it in the universe. Yeah. But also, I mean, this, uh, my kind of my idea with why I wanted to talk to you, but also having a concise place where your story could be heard. Yes. You know, and I, I think uh, also you like, you don't understand. I'm such a podcast junkie. So that's uh, like, I would no. rather get my, like, if I Google someone and if they're like, here's an article and I'm like, nah, and I'll like, but I'll listen to someone. Um, and then oh, wow. I feel like that's what creates that. That's just me though. Everybody well, that's has, good. Their- that means there's other people like you, if, if yeah. you exist in there, you have a collective somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And the people that listen to this are based for the most part, um, in Atlanta, which I think, but also, yeah, I think if this could get major coverage, then it would help. Yeah. And also like, this is like what you're trying to build is in Atlanta, you know, and I feel like it, it would be great in any city and it could possibly go on to any city. But I think specifically a place like this in Atlanta, I feel like even nationally, people would recognize the connection of exactly. like how this is needed, you know, exactly. It's needed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that that is the case. And so um, I, I'm working on just figuring out how to get that, make that happen. I got a press release mm-hmm. to write <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and uh, prayer to be, you know, knees yeah. on the ground needs to happen. Yeah. So yeah, it, it exactly. And it's like, it's wild because it really sometimes does. It, it, it's just like the people that have gotten behind you and are willing to do this pro bono is it's, it's not always about like capturing, like you got to get this wave. You know, yeah. and it was this wave of people who were like, yeah, but then sometimes a wave of people, it, it's like an actual wave where then like they're going somewhere else, you know, mm. but then it's, it's catching the imaginations of a few people who mm. these people are like, and I'm not going anywhere. Exactly. And that it boils down to me owning the really, truly owning what I'm building with Nourish and Black for others, meaning the space for amplifying the stories of Black and Brown women mm-hmm. working in social justice over food. Mm-hmm. That's me. 
So I need to amplify my story, not just be like, hey, we're, we need to raise money. Mm-hmm. I need to start. And that's what I'll be doing um, is telling people why, you know, mm-hmm. what's what's it? Wh- what do I need to do this? Wh- why? Wh- what am I? What's why am I so passionate about yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I'll be um, hoping to tell people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you And you are going to be telling people you are. I'm I mean, I don't know how old you are when you came on. I was like, what? 38. Okay. You look like very, very, I was like, I was like, oh my gosh, am I talking to her daughter? Like where is she? Oh, really? Yeah. No, I mean, and it's totally fine to be whatever age, but like, I feel like that actually makes sense is like 38 is where I feel like you're, you've like picked up all of these pieces of yourself you know like you probably have looked really different throughout time but you've been building this but it's all it was all you you know Mm -hmm. that's kind of how I feel is I used to be like I'm so different now and I'm like no (laughs) I'm just a different facet of the person I've been meaning to become but I feel like you've now like built this experience and this like I feel like you're strong like at 28, I'm sure you were brilliant and whatever, I but also, also this rock, like, actually. yeah, well, the discouragement though of Ladybird, let's say, you know, it probably would have like kicked you on your butt and then you'd be like, this is wrong. And then like, you wouldn't have been able, I, I don't know, I'm just guessing, like wouldn't have been able to get past it in the way of now you're like, I'm calling you out. Okay. But now we're moving forward. Exactly. You know? Yes. Mm-hmm. And yes. um, that's, it's funny you mentioned that part of it, the moving forward part, because I, I had a conversation with someone today. Again, I said, mm-hmm. I mentioned it earlier and they also was like, if I were you, I would have uh, tore him down and all this stuff. And I was like, don't nobody got time for that. If I didn't have nothing else going on in my life, mm-hmm. maybe, mm-hmm. because honestly, I got so many emails from employees and freaking people who he has done crap to. Mm-hmm. He uh, allegedly um, that <laughs> that's on him. But I have a goal and a purpose, and I have I have a miracle that that I that I manifested mm-hmm. that is calling me mm-hmm. to focus. And yeah, twenty eight year old me would have ran off and spin in circles chasing him mm-hmm. instead yeah. of saying right here. Yeah, I feel like chasing him is a really good way of putting it. I worked for a coffee shop um, here in town and it didn't go well. They didn't mm-hmm. treat me fairly. And what did I do? Every single night I would come home and I would complain to my roommates every single night. And eventually I got to a point where I was like, how boring, you know, <laughs> how boring. They just yeah. bless their hearts. They were listening to me every single night, get upset. And, and then once I left, I was like, oh my gosh, I wasted hours of their time. Yeah. I worked there for like seven months. Mm. Why? You know, <laughs> like one of my friends actually, like I met her and I was like, hi, I'm Rebecca. I hate my job. No, that, that was her first impression of wow. me. And luckily like, it was like eating me alive. It felt good to hate something, but mm-hmm. I wasn't growing from that, mm-hmm. you know? It's funny because um, I got to say, I can't, I can't express how empowering and how needed 
this is the thing that they don't want us to know. Like the community aspect of it, me going to the community was incredibly humbling and scary. Yeah. And it has been the most, the wisest, most uplifting, empowering thing I could have ever done because if it wasn't for not just the money is one thing. Mm -hmm. I posted on the GoFundMe what happened with Lady Bird. Do you mind explaining that for those? Yeah, um, oh, I'm sorry, everyone who's out there. CNN. CNN. Hey, CNN. Um, hey, CNN. So, <laughs> um, um, how do I'm trying to say it in, in the right words that speak life into the situation. Mm. Um, a few months ago, I don't know, December, I had, there was a, a local PR company and a local restaurant by the name of Lady Bird on the Beltline Eastside Trail mm -hmm. that posted photos um, advertising and promoting a smaller version of a concept very similar to the greenhouse, the lush greenhouse eatery that I had been um, hyping up and um, engaging community and the internet and the world with um, mm -hmm. over oh, all summer all year long, pretty much, um, using my verbiage. Um, and in my opinion, attempting to co-opt and benefit off of that verbiage, that said mm -hmm. verbiage, and off of the the excitement that I created for what would have been Atlanta's first greenhouse and eatery. Yeah. And- Oh, and can I, the, the social media company, you'd been discussing with them before. Yes. You had already connected to them. I think it wasn't like, Hey, yeah, let's, we talked. It was yeah. me and my sending, they followed me in the middle of my campaign. Mm -hmm. They followed me in the middle of my campaign. And so I sent them the, the GoFundMe mm -hmm. as I do everyone. Cause I'm promoting, I'm, I'm trying to raise money. Yep. They read it or it says red on Instagram. You know how it says red when you, someone sees something or seen or whatever, they didn't respond. That's it. That's what happened. Um, that's the limit of the proof that I have. And that's, as, I'm going to be authentic with that. Um, but suddenly, you know, they come out with this thing and um, I, 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 someone sent it to me and I was like, oh, this doesn't feel right. I don't know. Was, okay. Let me back up mm. once. Um, okay. Let's say this too. It's a pandemic and, and restaurants are looking for creative ways to, uh, to socially distant house their outside their external spaces mm -hmm. um no one everyone has been doing some sort of tent um or considering some sort of umbrella or whatever mm -hmm. no one has used the word greenhouse eatery or less to describe those things they did um after having seen you know my my campaign that went viral you know you can't say that they try to say they didn't even see it that's a lie mm -hmm. they went viral it was it was like on the first post was like 20,000 views. Okay. So, um, they, someone sent me an article, um, from another web, I guess another Instagram page that was talking about it. And then I went to the, to the restaurants page and the PR company's page. And I saw it and it was like somebody, oh, somebody punched me. I thought somebody just punched me in my face, punched me in my stomach. And then I was like, man, am I being, am I overreacting? You know? Mm. So I sent to two other people and they were like, Oh, <gasps> no how dare they oh my god and i got mad and i was crying and i didn't know what to do and i was like just i i just messaged like maybe five or six of my friends and i was like please help me 
I want to go to their page and let's comment on this thing and, you know, make them take it down. Mm-hmm. Six of us. That was all I needed. That's all I wanted. Just a little swarm. Yeah. Help me, you know, and they, they did. But then my other friend was like, you should post it on your GoFundMe as an update. And that, that's when everything went like, oh, I mean, my community, first of all, these people have invested their money into seeing this to be the first greenhouse eatery in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. All of the people, the people, these are, this is everyone's money. This is their dream too. It's not just my dream. They put their money onto the dream. That means it's their dream too. And people are very invested in this, in this mission. I mean, mm-hmm. they dragged lady, they dragged them. I, it was like 19, th- I mean, I couldn't even keep up with the, how many DMs and stories and they dragged him. They dragged his kids. <laughs> no, just kidding. They posted, okay. posted a picture of him with his kid, but yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Um, so did you ever in, I believe I read that you didn't ever get a response. No, no, no. I got a response. I, they, okay. they called me, they'd messaged me. It's so long. Ugh, I don't want to spend a lot of time talking about this, but totally. They, I'll just say that I, I spoke to the owner twice, uh, three times and he made promises. He didn't keep, I didn't expect him to, um, he wanted to help me with investing and help me with all this stuff and all this stuff I didn't ask him for. He wanted, um, uh, I wanted access to, if he knew someone who had land or whatever, how he could rectify the situation. He offered me an apology for not knowing, but not for stealing the idea. They, they still stand by. They didn't steal the idea. They didn't know. They promised they didn't know. And I didn't, I don't believe him for a second. And I told him that, but, um, because he felt bad about it, he offered me help and, he gave me a list of ways he could help me. And I chose the things from the list that I wanted. One of which was, um, he said he knew all these real estate people. He hasn't done anything. He said he knew um, someone who owned a green a greenhouse company or worked or as a salesperson for greenhouses or whatever. Mm-hmm. His wife's cousins, brothers, sisters. Um, and um, yeah, he said he was going to reach out to me like the beginning of January after we both came back from vacation and nothing. Mm-hmm. So White patriarchy strikes again. Yeah, I and I I think it's um this is a random analogy, but um <laughs> Ed Sheeran. So I'm just gonna begin it with that. But <laughs> no, here we go. Okay, okay, follow me. But he wrote a song in the melody. This like small little band reached out to them him, and he was like, "This is our melody. Like you stole this." And then Ed Sheeran was like, "Oh my gosh, I did." He's like, I, I must have heard it, mentally hit it. And then I was like, I'm so talented. Look what I did. Right. And he was like, I'm sorry. And I think like he gave them all the profits for the song or something. Like it was something, I mean, he's a jillionaire, but, um, but it was something where like, sometimes you don't mean to do the, and I'm not speaking for this person. It's all, it's once you do something now, what are you going to do exactly. to respond? You know? Because a lot of good things have come from something beginning not being okay. And then it's the person in power going like, okay, now I'm responding to this, you know? Excuse me. That's what I said to him as well. I said that we have the opportunity to to make this into a better narrative. I don't want this negativity um, to distract me or to, to continue to add to your reputation that's already not so great. Mm-hmm. So I said... Um, I'm entering the restaurant economy in Atlanta. You are already in it. I want to come together as leaders to rectify this. I don't want this to be what Atlanta's restaurant industry is known for fighting. Yeah. yeah. And so that's what I, that's my outcome. My hope was that the outcome would have been something positive where we both could have been like, wow, look what Michael Lennox did to help this, you know, whatever, or whatever, you know, I don't, but I don't need him. You don't. Um, yeah. So 
and 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 then he said stuff like he wanted to help me with in ways that was like at uh advice and i was like but you needed you stole my idea you needed my advice <laughs> you know the thing isn't even really go with your marketing scheme like you guys are supposed to be a camp that's a greenhouse yeah talk about so you should have that's not even campy what are you doing yeah so, <laughs> i went to school for marketing i could have helped you, <laughs> you that's, <need> me. <laughs> that's such a, and that's like such a not i mean not to generalize but i feel like mostly like a man thing where he's yeah. like okay well i'll help you and you're like um <laughs> it's, you need my help yeah it's like yeah, yeah. but pay well, me for it that's what i was you know i couldn't say that i didn't want to say that but it's like i don't i don't really need nothing from you and i told him that like five times you know i was like if you want to reach out to all your real estate friends do that um mm-hmm. uh, and if you want to make a, some donations or have your friends or whatever, organize something with your, you know, with your, your team of people and mm-hmm. make a considerable donation to help us get this, these, this project off the ground. Mm-hmm. I don't need your advice. I certainly don't need your advice. Yeah. Yeah. It's very condescending. Yes. Very condescending, patronizing all the, all the big words. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, fun. Yeah. anyways, back to yeah so how because you were saying you're gonna kind of restart the campaign yeah start these open letters which is so exciting um does it feel scary does it still feel how does it feel or yeah yeah. i'm scared all the time i'm i'm always scared um about it it's very vulnerable um and uh but it's fun. You know, I know that it's going to happen, you know, um, it's just when, you know, but, um, the open letters are, it's just, it's just one way for me to, I, you know, I feel like once your mind is clear, Mm. you can allow new ideas, new thoughts, new stuff to come in. And once your heart's clear, so it's a way for me to get stuff out, speak to people. You know, I've had conversations with, um, people here and there who, they, they like that I update a lot on the GoFundMe. Um, so you can read it. You don't have to read it. But if you're a person who likes to read it, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, then I want to talk to you. You know, I just it helps me to just keep that connection going because I'm really thankful for this community. Like, truly, it feels, y'all, it really keeps me going. That's what I was getting to with the, before we started talking about the Ladybird thing. It wasn't just yeah. about dragging people. It was about um, the the fact that um, because people are so supportive, I'm, I'm, I just, I want to talk more. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm engaged more because people are just like, they want to know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it feels great. What, what was like a moment can mm, like kind of a pivotal moment where people, where you realized like, wait, I, I knew I had something to say deep, deep inside of me, but like, oh my gosh, people are listening, you know? Um, I, I guess, honestly, it was before the campaign when I did the nourish, the people Mm. nourish, the people was a, was another campaign I did to feed the protesters. And I had to raise money to buy food from black restaurants or black um, caterers Mm -hmm. to then go out and distribute that food to the protesters. Mm -hmm. And people were on it. They, we, we didn't, we we didn't, we didn't ask for much. I think I asked for like 2,500 bucks, something like that. We got like $3,000. Wow. Um, but that's my first indication that people were 
there's a community here. Mm -hmm. um, and then maybe a month later is when I did this campaign. What, um, that sounds really hard to distribute food during a march. What was that like? It was a lot of logistics. I had a yeah. lot of, um, it wasn't just me. I had thought, I thought of it and I was like, Umi, Umi Feeds is a local um, food waste redistribution um, nonprofit who rescues food from restaurants, caterers or whomever and feeds the homeless. Um, typically she does it once a week uh, at this Soul Food Sunday mm -hmm. um, event that she does. But a lot of times people just drop off food to her. So she'll do it whenever she has food. If she has food that night, it's fresh. She'll go out on the streets and just drop it off herself. She's mm -hmm. been doing this nonprofit by herself for like seven years, something like that. And um, I know a lot about her because she was one of our featured uh, storytellers at um, one of our dinners and we've been working together. But I was like, Umi, you should, the protesters need food too. You should feed the protesters. And she was like, I don't have the capacity to do that. And do you think you could facilitate? And I was like, man, I, I just wanted you to do it. <laughs> so uh, I did, I, I decided to start doing facilitation, meaning like all the, just the, um, background logistics of coordinating volunteers, um, mm -hmm. writing letters, volunteer um, request letter, I mean, uh, donation request letters, and then um, the art and design of it, doing all the flyers and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. using, we both use our platform to to find, well, I, I myself and um, Alexandra from Free Foods ATL, Free Foods ATL joined on later on. Mm -hmm. And then she um, helped to find where, because the marches and stuff, it started to get spotty. Like mm -hmm. they were more secretive a little bit. So we had to find them. Some of the big ones are just, they were huge and they were not really able to respond. And we didn't have that much food. I mean, we, would, we were probably feeding like 75 to hundred people mm -hmm. every time we went out, but we, we definitely didn't have food for 3000 people. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, we wanted to, we were, it was just a lot of logistics as far as how to link up with the organizer of the actual uh, March. Mm -hmm. um, and, coordinate how much food and you know not overwhelm the caterers because we were ordering food you know from black black and brown restaurants but it wasn't like um they could afford to do a hundred or they could they didn't really necessarily have the capacity to do a hundred on the spot that day so we would get like 40 from here 40 from there 40 from somewhere else wow. so I didn't that, that part in the middle wow and then was it you just going once you found the, pro which mm -hmm. is so interesting, the idea of being like underground, like kind of like, where are they? Because it wasn't advertised, which- A lot of it wasn't. Makes sense. I mean, there sense. was stuff we did down at the um, governor's mansion uh -huh. and the police came and we had to run. <laughs> yeah, there. one of the ladies that was with me, I, I'll never forget, she's, she's a lovely woman and her and her husband came and, and her husband was extra because she was pregnant. And I was like, what? what are you doing out here? I, mm -hmm. I started getting scared because I was like, I don't want to be responsible for, I mean, we had to throw the food in the cart and like the cops were shining lights in our faces and circling around us and blocking us in and all kinds of stuff. They weren't playing. It was, it was crazy. And I it got, was... I, I actually got COVID out there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was, it, it was a, it was a hard combination of like the protests because those needed to be happening and those yep. were important and then, um, and I was at HodgePodge when some of those were happening and, um, Crystal, she was like, you know, if you feel the need to be going out there and doing that, I'm not going to keep you. But then because it, her staff is so great 
everyone was like, I need to go. Then she was like, okay, um, <laughs> well now, now I don't have any employees to, to work today. So it, I mean, that's a different, that's a different. Oh, story. I love Crystal. And that's, that's a test. That's, that's, a, that's pertinent to the conversation. Cause that's true. It's such an overlap of, to your point, black lives matter protests, mm-hmm. the pandemic and the restaurant industry failed failing, you know? So that's what, that's another gap that I was really trying to fill. That's why I was specifically buying from black restaurants and caterers because mm-hmm. they needed the money, Yeah, you know? So we were redistributing that wealth from donors to the restaurants that needed that, that influx of profit mm-hmm. or revenue. I always get profit and revenue messed up. Um, <laughs> and then back out to the streets. So yes, we were physically, I had a lot of volunteers helping me at, on all the different parts. Mm-hmm. So um either myself, Umi, or Alex would be the head, the lead. Mm-hmm. And then we would have like two or three volunteers out with us, helping us to distribute the food. To mm-hmm. answer your question, we would go out um, different, you know, maybe two or th- each of us would do two a week or so. Okay. And it, yeah. it only lasted for like a month. Yeah. Uh, five weeks, five weeks. St- that must've been like exhausting though, because even if you weren't out there that day, there is so much coordination going on. There is so, like, I, I know that like, if we ever got an order for like a catered event and they were like, we need 50 muffins, <laughs> even with 50 muffins, all of a yeah. sudden we are, that means the baker is staying over or she needs help doing this today. Like I need like just a small thing like muffins, which she does all the time. It all of a sudden became like a thing. And also I love that like you were giving an outlet for people to help in different ways mm-hmm. because one of my, not issues with the protest, but I have really bad anxiety in large groups of people. Mm-hmm. Like I was five and went to Disney World or something like that. And I was like, that was the worst day of my life. Yeah. <laughs> and mom was like, you're a child. You should want to go to Disney. And so, but like, I don't know, like part yeah. of that was um, I, I could help in a different way because most of my coworkers were really passionate about going. And I'm like, I'm not hamp helpful to anyone if I'm having a panic attack you know I agree Um, I don't like the um I personally don't like to to go into the midst of the protests myself mm -hmm. um it's way too emotional for me Mm. so I liked being on the sidelines um with the food that was as much as far as I could do um and I still felt like I, I did my part because mm-hmm. I, I was totally received what you're saying because it's true. You know, there's so many ways that you could um, serve without that that being the medium. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I, I it, it's hopefully and, and because also I think that's what we need is like the people that go out there like that is so important and they were putting their life on the line. And there was like I. um there was someone I knew in Florida that they like got arrested and they have a really, really bad eyesight and their glasses were taken away as evident or I don't know why the police took them away and then they needed bail and they couldn't see and they needed their glasses back. And so someone like flew them back to Georgia. It was like a whole thing. But then when someone's mom went and picked this person up, they had to go straight to the eye doctor because they literally couldn't see and the police wouldn't give their glasses back. That is terrible because I wear glasses and that is so freaking, that is so messed up. Yeah. And, and, and it's like, it's those like little tiny, 
not tiny, but it's those things where people think like, oh my gosh, danger in protest, you get beat up, which happens, but it also could be something really tiny and minute. Yeah. Like, because a- like they were in danger because they yeah. couldn't see. Exactly. Um, and that, you know, that's part of, there's so many uh, organizations and not just organizations, but just people who were, um, when they were out, you know, people got out of, you know, get got bailed out. Mm-hmm. They would come out and they would have a, a care pack of tampons. When you are in, um, I know this, not from my personal experience, but from picking up a family member from jail, she had got arrested um, on the highway in the middle of somewhere in, in Virginia, something years ago. Mm. And in the jail, it's all metal. And even though she wasn't on her period, she wasn't due. It made her period come down because of all the iron like, or metal. I don't know. Okay. And they wouldn't give her tampons. They wouldn't give her a pad, no, nothing. She didn't have a change of underwear. So I had to, when, she, when, when I picked her up, she just, I had her care package for her. And she just cried and cried and cried and cried. She just wanted a pad. That's she just wanted a pad and wanted to change her freaking pants. Yeah. Um. So there are people who do that outside of the jails when protesters when they come out they have like yeah. a sandwich and pads and mm-hmm. you know um they have cell phone chargers and <laughs> yeah all these little things that you don't think about that mm-hmm. that you we might not think about in the moment because we just have them. Mm-hmm. So there's so many ways that you could that we could support people and it's. A community is everything. And that's what I meant. That's what I was going to say. That's what they didn't want us to know because um, this year, this past two years, GoFundMe has been the way of, you know, not just me, but lots of people funding their dreams. And it's been because of community. And I'm just, I just think everyone is, we should really look at that, you know, look Mm -hmm. at it more because um, there's no way, there's no way that there should be, people should not need this stuff. Like I shouldn't, people shouldn't be fundraising for healthcare. Mm-hmm. or or funeral costs and stuff like that mm-hmm. it's ridiculous we shouldn't yeah. need our government should this is not normal mm-hmm. <laughs> i wish people would just look like hey these are basic needs mm-hmm. like no anyway sorry I'm, I'm ranting no yeah i mean you're not ranting <laughs> like these are all important things um it'd be different if you were like really excited about lunch and i'd be like okay um yeah um, <laughs> I don't know. I love lunch. Um, but, um, okay. One of the things that, so the search for pink started with, um, I was without realizing it, I didn't know I had depression because I was like, Oh, that's something other people have. And that's so sad, but I was in a really dark time. Um, and so my goal was every single day I was going to find one thing that was positive. And I didn't realize that that's like a, thing in therapy like my therapist still if I start freaking out she's like what do you like about yourself and I'm like my friends <laughs> you know <laughs> and it's but so that was something that I found of like finding something positive every day and that's what kept me going has there been like what for you like mental health wise or just like not staying positive in a cliche way but like as we were talking about earlier like moving forward what has helped you do that um I'm really I'm I'm very good at being positive I don't know if that sounds good because I have been through a lot of stuff that and I yeah I found that I like this side better Mm. I had battled addiction and alcohol issues for five or six years Mm -hmm. and um 
then last January was when I was like, you know what? I'm not doing this crap no more. Yeah. Um, and so because it makes you depressed and it makes you more anxious. Um, so I think that of all the things that could keep me happy is every freaking day that I'm like, I did it. Did it yeah. I'm yeah. Sober. I, oh, that makes me, I am so proud of myself. So mm-hmm. um, that's probably the thing. <laughs> that, I mean, that's, that makes a lot of sense because you see something that you've gone through. I've had some, um, just to like, like I've had some really dark times and even though like things can get discouraging or frustrating, I'm, it's kind of like, remember last July, right? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Well, it's not last July. And then I'm like, woo. And sometimes just remembering I was strong enough to get through a time where every single hour was hard, you know, for a different reason. That is so, it's very scary in that moment. And I'm so proud of both of us for finding the other side and continuing to look at it, you Mm -hmm. know, because it's not just about finding it. It's about also staying on it too. Mm -hmm. And like, no. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's not that it's not there. It's not that you're not going to have sad moments. And I honor Mm -hmm. those, you know, now it's a little easier to honor it, even though the times when it has, like the first time it happened when I started getting a little sad again, I was like, oh, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. I tried to like, chokehold it but then it was like I just started being a little bit more graceful with it and Mm -hmm. just questioning it you know that's why I learned in therapy was to talk to it and be like what are you trying to teach me what do I need to learn from you and then like we're not I won't say we hang out a lot but we're friends yeah yeah and (laughs) just understand and I think if you've gone through that really hard time with like getting through um addiction and understanding that there is another side of it is when the sadness comes back you're just kind of like Oh, but this is kind of, this is life. Yeah. There is another side. Yeah. Because my highs are really high and my lows are really low, but I kind of, I'm almost like, I told my therapist recently, I was like really, really happy. And I was like, can we make this go away? And she was (sighs) like, no. And I was like, I like to feel like, you you know, I'm like, I am medium. Yes. I want it. I feel like if you've experienced yes. the high highs, you know what's on the other side. Yes, of it. that's so that, funny. That is because it's, it's honestly scary for me. Like, if anything makes me feel that feeling of one of too happy, because mm-hmm. that usually was followed by wanting to celebrate it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, nope, calm down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's kind here. of like you're like, <laughs> I can do anything, yeah. you know, and um. <laughs> And then you're like, but maybe don't. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is so funny. Yes, it's it's like really medium is where I live. Yes, yeah, it's and fun. that's that's it, I like a healthy. It's kind of like eat your vegetables, and you're like yeah. vegetables rock. I um, love it. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like some people are gonna listen to this and they're gonna be like, what? <laughs> that's cool. These girls don't want to. But um, anyways, I don't want to keep you all day. Um, but is there any other part of it you want to discuss? Um, well, I am, I just want to say thank you, you know, thank you to you for offering me the platform and yeah, thank thank you for coming on. Thank you to universe for like bringing so many cool people, you know, Mm -hmm. into my life, into my circle. Thanks for reaching out. Um, I, I don't have anything else to say, but that I'm very, 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 very grateful. Like truly, Mm -hmm. 
I'm just I'm just really happy to um, continue to like have the opportunity to to speak and communicate. Um, not just it's not just about because in my in my eyes, right? You're reaching out because you find this interesting, which means that you'll probably be there, you know, mm -hmm. once it's there, mm -hmm. once it's open. So now I'm getting to know you, um, and what I'm getting to know what my customers and my people, my tribe is gonna look like, mm -hmm. you know. So thank you for the opportunity to to get to know you too. Yeah, of course. And I think, <laughs> and I think I don't know how many interviews you've done at this point, but I just want to say you're like really good at putting, I don't know. It's almost like you've been practicing. You're like, okay, here is my pitch. Here really? is this. Yeah. No. Yeah. This is, if you ever I've been practicing a little, I've been, I've been applying for everything that I could possibly apply for. So they keep sticking a microphone in my face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's kind of like, let's practice. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, Thank no, you. and I think because you've had to keep applying for everything, you are really solid on what you are. Yeah. Like your elevator so. pitch is just like, it's there. It's there. <laughs> yeah, and I think like the more people, I think I found you through a couple people were sharing. <laughs> a couple, but I, I mean, double exposure. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Reese. Yeah, she seems really cool and she shared it and I I saved the post to make sure cuz you know when you get excited about something and then you can't cuz like I can't remember everybody's names. No. Um I flag stuff and I do the same thing, I'll save it. Yeah. But anyways, so it's like it's people like that that are just sharing and that's what I want people to do with this. Thank you. Um, yeah, the, Reese has been and and um her sister, they've been just uh, amplifying the crap out of me. I'm so thankful mm -hmm. to them. So I just also, that, I will say that, okay, to any allies that are listening or anyone who calls themselves allies or accomplices, please don't don't forget about the movement. Um, these are actual real lives that you're impacting by amplifying mm -hmm. our voices. And um, I'm talking about the difference between like life or death in a lot of cases. Um, I hate to sound dramatic, but it's true. Mm -hmm. um, you're really helping a lot of people by by amplifying them so please keep doing it <laughs> yeah it's not just trendy it's no people's. but I, I think it's important to like put that black like that just like this is actually life or death it is truly you know for real like people there i am in a i am at an intersection of of uh you know a blackness and womanhood but there are people who are at intersections that are, um, you know, high risk for murder. You know, trans, black, and brown people are dying. You know, mm -hmm. and so there's a lot of there's a lot of voices that need not just voices, but people's faces need to be amplified, normalized, normal, mm -hmm. whatever normal means. Mm -hmm. But whatever the words you want to use to get people to stop killing each other, um, just for being who they are. That's ridiculous, and um, it's a, it's as simple as a freaking reposts or like mm -hmm. so and and it's just acknowledging the humanity and others really um it, it's life or death yeah <laughs> it is. no yeah for sure and I think the only like there's only like just with my own mental health and trying to deal with that like the idea that there are tons of people and like I've had like the in comparison I've had like the easiest life and then I happen to have like chemicals in my brain that sometimes are like, I hate you. But like, <laughs> that's, that's like, if I was having to deal with that and being constantly in danger mm -hmm. for just being born, for being. you know, just like, oh, you exist 
and and I mean, and that causes trauma and a lot of, you know, it's like, it's a whole other discussion, but yeah. like, you know, yeah, it's, it's sad. And it's not to diminish. Uh, it's important not to, not to diminish your own pain and like not to diminish your own trauma. Um, you can acknowledge, we can acknowledge, and I'm not saying that you, you aren't doing it. It's something that I used to do mm-hmm. is I'd be like, uh, mine's not that bad. Cause this person has it bad. We can mm-hmm. acknowledge both. <laughs> yeah. But also it's like, if I can acknowledge, it's almost like, it's like I can, by understanding my own and acknowledging yeah. my own and understanding, like, I can only work through my own experience, you know, and that is the only experience I'm going to, ex- like, I, this is what I exist as, right. but like, if I can look at that, then it can help me have empathy to the most extent I can, um, you know, yeah. I think is is important. I agree. And it's also hard. We have to work at, we have to, like, we have to take care of, not like take care of ourselves first, but it's almost like yeah, if I do. hadn't dealt with my own mental stuff and then I'm trying to help you, I honestly might be like such a hot mess that I would have just cried the whole interview and then you would have been helping me and then that just defeats the purpose, you know? Yeah. So it's, yeah. um, but yeah. I think- I think compassion is good, but self-compassion is, is primary because you can't, mm-hmm. you're going to be just be projecting your shit on other people. I yeah. don't want anyone else's shit. <laughs> you know, I have a firm, no, no bullshit boundary. Like, mm-hmm. nope. I could see that crap coming from a mile away. And I don't even really, it doesn't even, I, I don't even, it doesn't hit my field anymore. Mm-hmm. Once I put that boundary there, it's not there. But the point is, um, I agree. <laughs> yes. mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I didn't. And- I love that. And I think you are so stepping into yourself. You're stepping thank into you. your calling and I'm so excited for you. And thank, thank you so you, much Rebecca. for talking to me. You're, You're amazing. welcome. This was great. And I, um, yeah, have a wonderful day. I can't wait to hear it. All right. So that was Kiana Upton from Nourish in Black. That's the word nourish and then in and then black, or maybe it's nourishing, but you know, you say nourish in. I don't know which one it is, but either one (laughs) will get you there. Gosh, I'm interesting, aren't I? So please share this. Um, And I'm always going to tell you to like, um, review, and subscribe because I I really, this means a lot to me. I spend 20 plus hours on it a week. And, um, but I don't know, more than that, I always want people to know about my guests I have the coolest guests in the world. Um, but as we were saying, let's get this to CNN, baby. Let's get Nourish Botanica happening. Um, send this to people. I actually, I already know of a few people specifically, even during the recording, that I was like, oh, I'm going to send it to them. And so if, do you have someone, do you have someone you thought of that you want to send it to? Yeah, you do. All right. Well, you better little click on that and send it over. Okay. Well, anyways, I love you guys. You're doing a great job. Okay, I'm doing that Mark Marin thing where I waffle. Okay, I love you. Please send this to someone. And uh, I'll talk to you later. <laughs>